Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning, my name is Mike McGowan, the pastor at Parkway Fellowship, and I'm so glad that you came today, because not only is today the end of the wrap-up of our series called Legacy Built, but next Sunday is our grand opening of our youth and children's buildings, that's right. And so today's message becomes incredibly important. <clears throat> when I was 16 years old, I remember sitting in church as a, young, as a teenager, and our pastor was telling stories about how he and some church members had gone to downtown San Antonio. We, I grew up in San Antonio. Went to downtown San Antonio and done some street witnessing down by the Alamo. And he was telling stories about all the people that they had led to become Christ followers that day. <clears throat> and I'm, I was sitting there, and I was stunned. Stunned. First, because, you know, as I sat there as, as, as a young 16-year-old, I realized I'd never helped anyone become a Christ follower in my entire life. Two, the thought of walking up to someone and talking to them about becoming a Christ follower scared me to death. And third... If I ever did muster up the courage to talk to somebody about being a Christ follower, I would have no idea what to say. And I remember sitting there thinking, I could never do that. And so God decided I should be a pastor. <laughs> I really, uh, you know. And anyway, I've, I've learned how to share my faith since then. I mean, I've learned how to, you know, uh, work Christ into a conversation and talk about Christ in such a way that it, it's not offensive. It doesn't turn people off. And I mean, I've learned how to invite people to come to church. But every time I talk to someone about Christ or invite them to come to church, <clears throat> two things are always true. It's always true. Number one, there's still a part of it that scares me to death. <laughs> It's, that fear is still there. I, I have not learned how to, like, um, totally get rid of that fear. But I have learned how to manage it. The second thing that is true for me is that when I share my faith, I have realized that nothing, absolutely nothing, helps me grow in my faith than when I share it. Nothing helps me take that step towards an even deeper spiritual maturity than when I share my faith. Because I've learned that when I'm talking to people about Christ, it puts me in a position where I have to lean harder into the Lord. I have to I have to lean hard in the Lord to know exactly what to say. I have to take my cues from His Holy Spirit to know, you know, uh, what to say and what not to say. I need to be listening to him about 
how can I show his love to these peop- this person instead of just getting to, into a debate with this person? I mean, I've had to learn how to do that because I've learned that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that helps me grow in my faith like sharing it. And, and that's key. And I have people telling me all the time, oh, Mike, I want to grow deeper in my faith. Oh, Mike, I want to become more mature in my faith. The best way to do that is to share it. I mean, would we think a person, would we think anybody is mature in their faith if they never actually talked about Christ with anyone? Would we consider someone spiritually mature in their faith if they never invited anyone to come to church? Would we consider someone spiritually mature in their faith if they studied in the Bible about reaching out, but they never actually reached out to anyone? Pull out your message notes because this is your first fill in the morning. Because let me put it to you like this. Let me just sum it up. Let me put it to you like this. I grow to maturity when I voluntarily put myself in a position where I have to depend on God. Where I have to depend on God. There is no bigger or better opportunity for this than when I reach out to other people. Look, and with our grand opening next Sunday, we have an incredible opportunity to reach out to people, to reach out to our neighbors. With our grand opening next Sunday, we have an incredible opportunity to reach out to classmates, to reach out to coworkers, to reach out to family members who are far from God or who don't go to church, to reach out to those people who are on our street who only go to church at Christmas Eve and on Easter, but the remainder of the Sundays, their car sits in their driveway. With our grand opening next Sunday, we have an incredible opportunity to reach out to the people around us. And we need to fully leverage our grand opening For three key reasons. Here's the first. Number one, the eternal lives of other people depend on it. The eternal lives of other people depend on it. There will be some people who will come next week for the very first time. And they will find Christ and go to heaven as a result. Number two, our own spiritual maturity increases. Look, when we reach out, we grow more mature. It's just that simple. Number three. We set an example for our kids and grandkids of what a real Christ follower does. Bottom line, we want to leave a legacy for our kids that part of being a Christ follower is that we don't just keep it all to ourselves. We share Christ with others. We invite other people to come to church. We help them find Christ. Now, there are two models for reaching out to people that are in the Bible. Two. And I mean, there's lots of examples of each of them, but today I just want to go through one example of each one of these models, um, because that's basically what we have time for. And from that, I want us to figure out how we can best leverage our grand opening to reach out to people this week for Christ. So what are the two ways that I can leverage the grand opening and leave a legacy of reaching out? Number one, here it is. Leverage go and tell opportunities. You gotta leverage go and tell opportunities. Now look, this is what the model that most of us think about when it comes out to reaching people. I mean, we think about, you know, 
doing street witnessing down by the Alamo in downtown San Antonio. We just approach random people and start talking about Christ. We think about extreme examples like going to the deepest, darkest jungles of Africa and sharing Christ with people with spears and a bone in their nose. I mean, we think about stuff like that, okay? But the truth is, is in this story today, Jesus just talks to an ordinary guy and he tells him to go and tell. Look at the passage with me. It's in Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 59. Here's what the Bible says. Jesus told someone else to come with him. But the man said, Lord, let me wait until I bury my father. Jesus answered, let the dead take care of the dead. Well, now that sounds a little harsh, doesn't it? I mean, that doesn't sound like Jesus. But let me tell you the background, and maybe you'll think about this maybe just a little bit differently. See, Jesus was just walking down the road, and he meets a guy, and he invites him to come with him to be one of his followers, okay? But the guy tells Jesus, says, hey, wait until I go and I bury my father, all right? Now, every time I've ever read that story, I have always thought that the guy's father was already dead, But these verses don't actually say that. In fact, many scholars believe that the guy's father was actually still alive, but terminally ill. Because if he was dead, he wouldn't have been like out on the road. He would have been at home with the mourners. But instead, Jesus meets the guy out on the road going from one town to the next. And additionally, there was a tradition in that culture that if someone was a student of the Bible, of the Torah, of the law, and a family member back home passed away, if there were other members of the family that could take care of that funeral and that situation, then that student was not to break his studies and go back home for the funeral. So... Although Jesus' answer at first seems like really harsh, I mean, he wasn't really being mean. See, Jesus just had a way of knowing what a person's hang-ups are. And in talking to this guy, this guy was faced with choosing between what God wanted him to do and what he thought was really important. And what Jesus was basically telling him, he was saying, hey, look, look, look. Don't wait until your father dies before you start following me. Who knows how long he could lie there ill. Instead, seize this opportunity and start following me. You have other family members that can take care of all that. And look how Jesus finishes verse 60. Verse 60, Jesus answered, let the dead take care of the dead while you go and tell. Circle those three words. Go and tell about God's kingdom. So Jesus tells this guy, he's like, hey, don't miss the opportunities I'm giving you to go and tell. Just because you have other things that you feel like are more important. Jesus says, I want you to go and tell. I mean, I think about you and me. 
I mean, we have so many matters in life that we think are, that are so important. I mean, <clears throat> you know, now that school has started, I mean, fall sports have started, dance and drill team and band and all these extracurricular activities. I mean, kids are in a new grace. They've got new whole new levels of homework. All kinds of things are going on in their lives, you know. And there are tons and tons and tons of things that take up our time. I, I Honestly, I'm not even railing against any of that this morning, okay? But here's the thing. They can't get in the way of go and tell. We can't become so consumed with all of these things that we are doing that we don't make time to go and tell. We can't be so, become so consumed with, and you can't, I can't, you can't become so consumed with all the important things on your calendar that you don't make time for the eternal things that are on God's calendar. That's the big deal. So let me ask you a question. When was the last time you got into a conversation with someone that was a go and tell type conversation? When was the last time you were in a conversation with someone where you talked about God? You talked about Christ? You talked about church in such a way that it led you to tell them about Jesus or about what Jesus is doing in you or how he has changed your life? When was the last time you got into a conversation like that? That's a go and tell type conversation. You see, with our grand opening in just one week, I mean, this, this is like the perfect in to talk about Christ. I mean, it's the perfect lead in. It's so easy to start a conversation you know, like, oh man, I cannot wait for Sunday. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, okay, really like, okay, what is going on? Well, because this Sunday we're having our grand opening of our kids and our youth building. I can't wait to see all the teenagers that are going to come and have their lives changed just like God changed mine. And then you can just go on from there. I mean, it is like the easiest lead-in ever. So, would you be willing to start one go-and-tell type conversation this week? I mean, would you be willing to start one conversation this week? I am telling you, the grand opening makes it, it's just the easiest lead-in. And listen, when you do... There's a chance that God would use that conversation to change that person's life. It will certainly help you become more mature in your own faith. And it will give you a go and tell type story that you can pass down to your kids or to your grandkids someday. Go and tell. Now, there's a second model that we have for sharing faith and talking about Christ. And that's this. And the second thing that we need to do especially with the grand opening looming, and that is this. Leverage come and see opportunities. Leverage come and see opportunities. <clears throat> Look what John 1, 45 through 46 says. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Verse 46. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. 
come and see, said Philip. Circle those three words. Come and see. You see, Philip had already had his life changed by Christ. Okay? So he isn't, I mean, he's not asking for him. He goes and tells Nathaniel about it. But look, he doesn't try to convince Nate. He doesn't try to convert Nate. I mean, he doesn't even try to explain things to Nate. I mean, who knows? Maybe Nate was the argumentative type. I mean, maybe Nate was the type that said, you know what? I got to see it to believe it. I mean, who knows? And it doesn't really matter. Because Philip knew that come and see was a very effective way to reach out to Nathaniel. Okay? Now, the good news is, is that come and see is not nearly as scary as go and tell. Okay? Because I'm telling you, it's good news. Because look, come and see, that's just an invitation. And everybody likes to be invited to stuff. I like to be invited to stuff. I mean, people like to be invited to parties. They like to be invited to gatherings. They like to be invited to the places where everybody's going to be. Things like grand openings. Right? Okay? Uh, Look. It's also a very effective way to reach out to people. We have had hundreds of people become Christ followers at this church because someone invited them to come and see. They said something like, hey, come and see this church. You're not going to believe it. Hey, come and see what this is all about because I'm telling you, it has changed my life. Hey, come and see the energetic music. Hey, come and see the casual atmosphere. Come and see how these people just accept you for where you are regardless of your past. Come and see. Now look, there's always a little bit of fear that creeps in when you're inviting anybody even if you're just inviting them to come and see there's always just a little bit of that that creeps in look you're never going to completely eliminate the fear all you can do is manage it manage it but you can do that look i don't read anywhere in the bible where fear it is is an exemption for talking to people about christ it's just simply not there so look let me give you four easy ways to invite people to come to church at the grand opening next week, okay? Four easy ways. Here's the first one. Number one, pass out 10 invite cards this week, okay? In your seat is a pack of 10 invite cards just like this. Will you make a commitment to pass out all 10? Let me tell you a true story about Terry and Kelly McGuire. Terry was first invited to the park by a coworker using one of these, Okay? Two days later, down at the medical center downtown, someone else handed him an invite card and invited him to come to Parkway Fellowship. That same weekend, a 10-year-old kid riding down the street on his bike, Terry was sitting in the front yard. The kid drove by, handed him a gift bag that had an invite card to Parkway Fellowship, and Terry and Kelly said, okay, God, I guess you're telling us to go. And so they came and they joined the park last month. How cool is that, right? I'm telling you, you never know what God's going to do with one of these things. Because look, these aren't just cards. These are tickets to an invitation to eternal life. That's what these are. So we ought to treat them like that. All right, second thing you can do is this. Put out 25 door hangers this afternoon. 
Outside in the foyer, we've got packs of 25 door hangers. We have these big old door hangers made. There's, an invita- there's a little bit about the sermon series and a map on the back. Invitation to the grand opening on the front. We want you, but we want you to put these out on 25 homes in your neighborhood, but we want you to do it this afternoon. And here's why. If you don't do it this afternoon, you, later on the week, people are made, they've made plans for next weekend. And so if they make other plans, they're not going to come. Also, if you don't do it today, chances are, I mean, you're going to get busy. I mean, life's going to get in the way, and you're, you're just not going to do it. So do it this afternoon, 25. I'm telling you, it's really fun. I've done this before. It is so easy. You don't have to talk to anybody. I mean, you can just stick it on and run, okay, if you want. All right? All right, number three. <clears throat> number three. Post about the grand opening on Facebook or Twitter. Okay? Okay, if that wasn't like the most predictable fill-in ever, okay, I don't know what it is. But look, I'm telling you, Facebook and Twitter are very effective ways to communicate because when you post something on Facebook or you tweet something, I mean, literally, it notifies hundreds of people right away. And if you go and you like something on somebody else's wall, then it, 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 it further creates additional buzz, additional notice. So would you be willing to post on Facebook or on your Twitter multiple times this week about the grand opening? Look, Facebook and Twitter are used all the time to promote stuff that has nothing to do with God. So can we use Facebook and Twitter this week for a God-sized activity that he could use in a God-sized way? Would you be willing to do that? Okay, number four. Number four. Wear a campaign-themed t-shirt this week. This is it right here. Look, next week we're going to kick off our campaign uh, our fall campaign, and the theme and the title of the sermon series is called Our Family Fights, okay? Because the truth is, we shouldn't fight with our family, we should fight for our family. And so for seven weeks, we're going to talk about how God wants us to fight for our families. Look, teacher like this, what a great conversation starter. What a great conversation starter. And it gives you a chance to get into a conversation where you can invite someone to Come and see. They're available today in the foyer. T-shirts are 10 bucks, and that's what we paid for them. We're not making any money on these things, okay? All right. At Easter time this past year, I took my son, Ben, who was seven at the time. Um, I took him around our neighborhood. We just walked door to door, and we handed out invite cards just like this. We had a pack of 100 invite cards, and we decided that we weren't going to go home until we were done. So we took 100 invite cards, and we just went around knocking doors and just inviting neighbors to come to church. And the reason I wanted to take Ben with me is because I wanted him to see as a young seven-year-old that inviting people to church, inviting people to come and see ought to be just a natural thing that Christ followers do. Cool thing was it gave us a chance to really kind of talk to some of our neighbors that we never would have had a chance to do before. I mean, we talked to one lady. Her husband had passed away one month ago. And so we just prayed for her right there in her front yard. Um, Not like weird, but just caring. We had another neighbor I met. They had stopped going to church 40 years ago. 40. So we invited them to come and see what it was all about. And guess what? They came. And they've been back at least two other times that I know of. I mean, it's incredible. But the best part about that day was that it gave me a chance to deposit 
in my young son's heart the truth that inviting people to come and see is just what we as Christ followers naturally do. Because look, Ben doesn't see me as pastor. He sees me as his dad. And so when, I, when we do this, it, it, it's on that dad level. It's on that father-son type level. Because look, I don't want Ben when he is 16. And I don't want your kids or your grandkids when they're 16 to be sitting in a service and look up and say, you know what? I've never shared Jesus with anybody in my whole life. I could never do that. I don't want them ever to say that. I want them instead to say, you know what? I know I can do that. I can do that because I've done that with my mom. I did that with my dad. I did that with my grandpa. I did that with my grandpa, grandma. That's just what we as Christ followers do. And even if you don't go do some of these activities with your kid or grandkid this week, when we invite people to come and see, or we talk to people and we go and tell, we give God a chance to change their life. It certainly deepens our own faith. And we have a chance to leave a legacy of reaching out with the generation that will come behind us. That is what things like grand openings are all about and how God can use them in our lives. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. And on your card... And on your notes, I want you to check both places. Check the next step or steps you're willing to take today. Everybody that turns in a card, we're going to pray for every single person that turns in a card. So turn in your card today. Here's this first one. I will try to start at least one go and tell conversation this week. That's pretty big. Would you make a decision? You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to start one go and tell type conversation this week. Number two. I will pass out all 10 invite cards to the grand opening this week. Would you pass out all 10 this week? Number three, I'll put out 25 door hangers this afternoon. There are people outside in the foyer and there's tables out in the foyer that have little packs of 25. Man, just take a stack. Maybe take two if you want to, but pass them out this afternoon. Number four, I will post on Facebook or Twitter about the grand opening multiple times this week. And if you'll check that box on Thursday, we will also send you like a, uh, uh, some text that you can just simply cut, paste, and post or tweet it yourself, okay? But do it multiple other times. Don't just do it just that one time. Number five, I will take my son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter with me to do some come and see activities this week. Don't just pass these out by yourself. Take your kids or grandkids with you. Don't just do your invite cards by yourself. Go to the mall, take your kids and grandkids with you. Build that legacy of reaching out into the next generation. Again, even if you do it by yourself, that's fine. But if you can, take, take somebody with you. This next one. I want to become a Christ follower for the first time in my life. Look, maybe you've been coming to this church for several weeks because you wanted to come and see what it's all about. Look, it's all about having a relationship with Christ. You can't go to heaven until Jesus Christ comes into your life to forgive you and you pledge to follow him as best you can from this day forward. Are you willing to make that kind of a commitment for that kind of destination? 
If you are, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes. You can pray that prayer right now to become a Christ follower. But if you pray that prayer, I want you to check this box because I want to mail you some free stuff in the mail. I also want you to pick up a new believer packet. It's on a little table just before you walk out of any of these five doors to this room. Grab one of those new believer packets on your way out. This next one. Sign me up to be in a small group this fall starting next week. And there's a place for the code. In in that uh, small group's catalog, there's a code by every small group. All we need you to do is write the code there. You're going to have your name on the front of the card, but write the code on the back. And then that will sign you up. Small groups start next week. So sign up. Sign my child or teenager for a small group this fall starting Wednesday. That starts this week, this Wednesday. But here, I need you to write the name of your child or teenager and the code. In fact, let's just do this. We have had over, well, I actually just right at 1,200 people signed up for a small group in three weeks. So if you're sitting in this room and you or your children are signed up for a small group, raise your hand, keep it up in the air just for a second. You or any of your kids signed up for a small group, raise your hand, keep it in the air. Look around, everybody look around. How cool is that? That's just about everybody in the room. If your hand is not up, it better be because you're riding on the card. So sign up for a small group, okay? Let me pray for you as Pat and the worship team come back up. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for every person that is in this room that will go to heaven because someone in their past decided to come and to come and to invite them to come and see or decided to go and tell. And ask that you would help us in this room to do the same. Help us to fully leverage that grand opening. God, we only get a few grand openings in life. So help us to fully leverage this one for you. And I ask that every card, every door hanger, every tweet, every post, every t-shirt, you would anoint and bless. And that people who see those, receive those, or talk about any of those, God, that they will be drawn here. And that you would change their life. I ask you to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832 222-9282.